Hello, you are in for such a treat with this episode. Now, I will tell you up front, this is a very tactical episode. This is possibly one of the most tactical episodes you will ever hear on the Plenty podcast. It is more funnels, less feelings, but we get to the feelings at the end. So I'm going to introduce you to my friend and colleague, Natasha Willis, who's the co-founder of School of Bots, and they are responsible for generating over $50 million in revenue with automated chat bot funnels behind the scenes with clients like Jenna Kutcher, Amy Porterfield, Dean Graziosi, and me. And I'm going to talk to you about how we have generated over $400,000 behind the scenes with the chatbot funnels. Well, Natasha is going to tell you how to do that because quite frankly, she's the expert. I am blown away by this woman and how organized she is, how wise she is. She's only 25 years old. She's one of the wisest, most together 25-year-olds I've ever met, or actually humans, regardless of age. And so I'm really excited for you to tap into this episode and make sure you stay until the end because she's going to give you the whole overview of the logistics of how these automated chatbot funnels work. And then at the end, you're going to hear how to get access to the behind the scenes overview of every single funnel that we are running in our company and how you can make this work in your business. So listen up, listen in. Even if you're not a business owner, there's a lot in this episode that you're going to love because she also talks about running a company with her husband, which you know I'm familiar with, but she's got some hot tips, and how she organizes her day, which really blew me away. You're going to want to take notes on that part. So enjoy the episode. Here's Natasha. Welcome to Plenty. I'm your host, Kate Northrup, and together we are going on a journey to help you have an incredible relationship with money, time, and energy, and to have abundance on every possible level. Every week, we're going to dive in with experts and insights to help you unlock a life of plenty. Let's go fill our cups. Hey, Natasha. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is such a blast. Oh, my and God. Your space is so beautiful, so I'm super excited for thank our conversation. Thank you for coming to my set. Um, I'm really excited to have this conversation as well. So, as I mentioned in the intro, you and I were connected through a mutual friend and or a mutual client friend. <laughs> um, and the results that we have had through using... ManyChat and a behind-the-scenes chatbot funnel have completely blown my mind. It's one of the most do-less strategies we've ever done because it's allowed us to be able to get extra results from something I was already doing, which was posting organic social content. So I want to ask you first, what is it that you love about chatbots and working with people with these behind the scenes funnels. Yes. To your point, it allows you to expand something you're already doing in such an exponential way and also serve people immediately when they want and how they want. And there was a conversation I was having with a client actually the other day where she was like, right before we're going live with my automation, I'm having this business identity crisis of, is this me? 
right? Does this automation sound like me? Are people going to feel, you know, off put by it because they know that it's automated and it's not me. But at the end of the day, she's like, I was talking to a friend and realized like, I can't be there 24 seven and people want to get the things from me that I'm promising them. So if I can do that all the time, but they know that I'm watching, they know that I'm there and that I still care, then that's the most important thing. And so what I like to say is that it's convenient, delightful, and it really does give people what they want, especially as we all want things 24-7 all the time, right? That's great. Convenient and delightful. I love that so much. So I value high touch. I value a high level of just folks in our community feeling really connected, feeling like there's a real human uh, one of the pieces yeah. of feedback we get all the time is that when I meet people in person or, you know, at a speaking gig or they come to a workshop or whatever, they're like, you are exactly the same, whether I'm mm. listening to you on your podcast or like we're at coffee or you're speaking on a stage. And one of the things that I love about the chatbots is that your team has been able to use the way I talk, use the way I write and build out this behind the scenes experience that feels really connected. So I'm curious because a lot of our folks here are thinking about how can they delegate? How can they scale? How can they create systems that allow what still feels like a connected experience to go throughout? And so as you are working with your clients, how do you and your team dial into their brand voice and what are some tips? Because I will say, I have worked with a lot of copywriters in the past. I have not been thrilled with the way that they are trying to write as me, but I have been thrilled with the way <laughs> your team does this. And so I'm curious, what are some tips as business owners are thinking about sharing how to replicate their brand voice that you use? Yes. So... The most important thing for us these days is keeping the copy conversational. And obviously that's somewhat meta for us because it is happening inside of a conversation. But I think if you think about your landing pages, your emails, et cetera, like you said, you want to transfer your energy and your vibe to people when you're there with them in person, when you're here on the podcast. And so in the same way, being able to kind of talk to people through your landing pages, emails, other formats that are more long form, I think is the most important thing to think about. And like almost letting people kind of answer questions as you're going through that, like having question marks, having exclamation points, little parenthetical asides, these things that kind of make you think and make it feel like, oh, that's like Kate's little, you know, spice in there, right? So I think that's like one of the biggest keys. But when it comes to the actual process to kind of take a couple of steps back, I think these days where you can best get that is actually looking at DM conversations that you have had with customers or leads. That's actually the first place that we look at, again, because of the type of copy we write. But I think with landing pages, with emails, it's the same like ideas. That's your truest form. And then from there, we look at things that are a little more one-to-many. So that meaning your post captions or landing pages or past emails. And then we look at your post captions, which is a little more one-to-many, your landing pages, your emails. But we also break down these days, what emojis do you love and hate? How many exclamation points is too many, right? How many question marks is too many? Do you yes. think that ellipses make you sound, you know, like not there in the moment, like a little bit older, a little bit younger? You got to think about those kind of vibes totally. too. And so there's a lot of that work that we do through our process that we call a conversation 
conversational copy guide, which is what you went through as soon as we onboarded you. And we've gone through that 2000 plus times. So a couple of the things for people here are the emojis, I think is the biggest one, honestly. Then it's the exclamation points, the kind of punctuation, parenthetical asides, a yes or a no. And then even things like what are your common sign-offs? What are your common greetings? And those things alone, apart from like all the other little things that we have in the guide, I think those things are the most important ones that you can immediately bring into your copy to like humanize it and make it sound like you. And no other copy process that I've personally been through since we've worked with a lot of agencies as well or seen the behind the scenes, do they ever ask for those things? They and are the things that things too. make, like they are really the things that make it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's your personality, right? At the end of the day, comes through some of those choices and things. And if you're a little more dry, like we've had a client who's like super dry, right? It's like two to three word sentences dry, like in wow. no exclamation points, but that's him. That that's would be expect. if you were building out a chatbot funnel for my husband, Mike. <laughs> yes. His would be like, yes. Exactly. Go to this link. Like yep. I have had to train him in our communicate because we run sure. a company together and I early early on he would send me these very yeah. direct like one sentence a few word emails and I would get them and I would say are you mad at me and yep. he would say no why would you think I'm mad at you and I was like okay listen so here's what I'm going to need you to do <laughs> me too to sign every email to me with xoxo and he was like great if that's going to make you know that I'm not mad yes. at you because those little things about language really matter. But that was an aside, yes. but I just think it's interesting about communication style. A great example to even signing off a message with XOXO, like you usually wouldn't do that on a in landing a bit, page yeah. or an email, but Except in a conversation, I do. <laughs> yeah, and you do. And so people know like, okay, this yeah. feels like Kate put her special touch yes. on this. Like she read this and decided to add that in there. This yeah. is not like a corporate piece of copy. Right. And that's unfortunately what a lot of it comes across. And I think people are afraid to add that spice in because they think that it's gonna sway people one way or another, it's unprofessional. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if you just pop that in there, people are like, oh, it's Kate's It's page. a real human. Yeah. I mean, of course I wouldn't sign like, if I'm pitching, you know, an article sure. to Harvard <laughs> Business Review, I'm not <laughs> gonna not sign it XOXO. <laughs> it's all about context when it comes to copywriting. Who is yep. the customer, who's the, who's the audience? Who's the audience? Okay, Completely. so I wanna talk through some of the process of like the different kind of funnels we're mm. doing, the different kind of launches. So we brought you on board for our spring launch of the of Relax Money. So it was yes. our second launch of Relax Money. And it to date is our biggest launch ever, which was very exciting. And that was largely like I, I was presenting this to a group of seven-figure businesswomen. And they were all like, Ooh. what was the biggest lever that you pressed for this? And I said, I, I really think it was the chatbots. I really think it was Natasha at School of Bots and my little, you know, bot assistant in there. And so so can you just like, because we've been talking sort of around it, but can you describe like what is actually happening back there for people who haven't maybe interacted mm. with one of my chat bots or somebody else's? Totally. And I think you really have to see it to understand it. Yeah. But to quickly put it into words, what we do is create these fully automated back and forth sales or marketing conversations. So instead of the experience you would go to ChatGPT for, where you're like, tell me anything about the world. Instead, <laughs> it's a very streamlined process of you've clearly got you know offers, whether they're a free PDF or the workshops that you do when we have a launch coming up, like a free three-day event or workshop. And even just a direct sale, like your planners, for 
example, like people want to buy those. And so usually what you would do on social is say, go to the link in my bio or in your stories, click the link in your stories and go there. Unfortunately, it's a little bit of an antiquated process. There's friction. There's way too many factors involved. And so what we do is streamline that process to where somebody could, as simple as comment on one of your posts, like the word flow, for example, and then be able to receive an automated DM that is not just one autoresponder, by the way. Just drop it in there and say, All This right, is peace. the key difference. Hope you buy. Instead, it's a back and forth conversation. And that's where some of the copy stuff that you mentioned really comes into play because people feel like they're getting to interact with your likeness. They know you're not replying in 0.5 seconds, but the idea is they're getting the thing that they wanted, the free download, signing up for your free workshop, buying your planner and getting a discount code or something of that nature, all inside of that conversation, usually in less than 60 seconds. That's amazing. And so you are meaning, so buyer behavior is such that folks want to get the thing now, right? Like when I am searching for a solution to the fleas that my dog has, I don't have a dog, but as an example, or like my child's eczema, which is a very real journey at my house, I want the cream on my doorstep right now, right? Yes. Now, obviously that's harder to do with physical goods, but that like, I'm looking for this now, I'm inspired now, that meets people right where they are. Now, tell me the problem with using, like a lot of people I see will say like, comment pants and, <laughs> and I'll send you like, you know, and I'll DM you the link to these pants that sure. I'm wearing, whatever, I don't know. And so tell me the problem with just DMing them the direct link mm -hmm. because if someone's listening and they're already using ManyChat behind yeah. the scenes themselves, I think they are probably massively missing the boat. Totally. And so in terms of the stats that you see, when you send people just the link straight up, a lot of the time people say, great, there it is, like that's it. And then they actually leave, they don't even click on the link. And so what we have found is overall, we're able to get 50% more of people to go to the next step, whether that's clicking the link to buy the pants or clicking the link to go to your sales page inside of the DMs. And by the way, this is just for links. So I'll speak to like capturing emails yep. in a moment. But for the link specifically, we find when we create that back and forth, even if it's just two steps, like let me know if you still want the pants. Yes, I want the pants. Awesome. Like here's a link, excited for you. These are my favorite pants, et cetera we get a much higher click rate up to 99% of people actually clicking the link instead of just giving it to them and not uh, really making the conversation native, which is one of our biggest goals as a company is it has to feel native to the platform. This should feel like a conversation with a friend as opposed to like a company that just wants to take your money, if you will. Wants to sell you pants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. And then, Talk to me about capturing emails. Yes, this is one of the most powerful things about this channel and what business owners tend to get the most excited about because you know you've been doing the online business game for a while. And so you've seen the fluctuation in email open rates, email click rates, and even collecting the emails through landing pages, both from your warm organic traffic on social, but also from cold paid traffic on ads. And so on a typical landing page, you might see a 20% conversion rate. That means majority of people are leaving. Maybe their offer didn't resonate. Maybe your page didn't load fast enough. Whatever the issue was, whether it was with them or with you, they just decided not to take action. 
With a conversation, we collect 100% of anybody who's interested. So that means we can also follow up with them. And this is something we do in your funnels is if somebody originally commented on one of your posts to say, hey, I want that free download that you're giving me. Like those money breakthroughs sound amazing, right? And then they hop into the conversation, they don't take action. We can then follow up with them a day later and say, hey, maybe that wasn't interesting to you or maybe you don't have time or want to dive into that. How about something else? And so that's an opportunity to kind of pivot the offer. And then further, we capture usually 85 to 95% though of people's emails in the DMs. So right now your funnels, for example, are all doing 92% and above, meaning that comparing that to a typical landing page, it's just like astronomical difference of how many people you're actually collecting yeah. and then getting on. Because even list. one of our best landing pages will convert at yeah. 50%. Like if yeah. we're converting at 50% on a landing page, we are ecstatic about that. Yeah. So 92% of the people in our funnels right now who are commenting, let's say, flow on an Instagram reel, and then they're getting a DM from the chat bot that says, you know, it sounds like you're interested in healing your relationship with money. Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then they're actually doing like one step to engage. Yes. And then the second step is usually then submitting their email. It's 92% for my funnels right now. Yeah, and actually to break that down a little bit further as people go and like yeah. kind of check this right. out too, if they haven't already, the first step is, hey, confirming that they're interested. So similar to a landing page, here's the headline, right? Here's the outcome that you're here for. Again, streamlining it, it's like you're here for one reason. And then from there, we collect their name and then we collect their email. Oh, so first their name and then their email. Correct, yes. yep. I mean, obviously then, I review all the funnels and I <laughs> sign off on it, but you're doing this all day. So. Yes, absolutely. You got all these other things going on, yeah. which is the beauty of this suit. Yes, it, it runs is. on <laughs> autopilot. So once you curate it, once you're like, great, everyone's going to get the same experience that I want them to have instead of the manual process of somebody's having a bad day and they maybe give a customer a bad experience, which so totally happens, yep. you know, and like that, that happens to me, like meaning... Sometimes I say things in the DM, like, I, you know, so, yep, right? Like we cannot quality control ourselves. We are not the same yes. every day, which is a huge superpower that I teach about. However, there are certain things that we do want to have be the same every day. Yes, exactly. So, so long story short, that's kind of how it works is ultimately the goal of somebody getting something from you. It could be anything. We've talked about a couple of examples, like your free downloads that you would typically just have people opt in on a landing page and then receive that free PDF signing up for a free workshop, yeah. and then buying something. But the benefit also of capturing emails in the DMs is people never have to leave the platform to give you their information right. and actually register for the thing. So on the back end, what's happening behind the scenes is we are now sending that email to your email marketing platform, maybe to a webinar software and anywhere else that needs to go. So for people, it is the most frictionless, seamless process yeah. that they can go through to date right now. And for you as a business, that means you get to capture 92% plus of people. It's incredible. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about our results because they have been remarkable. And this has been a huge, again, like I said, it's been a huge lever for us. I will also say, so here are a few things I love about it. Number one, one of the things that I teach is uh, we want to really get clear on Pareto's principle, right? Like the 80-20. Yes. And I want to talk to you about this in regards to your business in a minute. But the 20% the of action steps that are getting us 80% of the results. For me, going back and forth in DMs with, with leads is yeah. not part of my 20%. Now, 
I will say, if you DM me, unless it's a chat bot getting back to you, it is me. So I'm just, as of the moment we're recording this podcast, I'm the yes. only one in there. It's me. It's like yeah. Bubbles the bot and me. <laughs> um, so just saying that out loud. Um, however, like me spending, you know, five hours a day responding to DMs would not be a high leverage activity. So what I teach people is you identify the 80-20, so the 20% of activities that get you 80% of the results, and then the other 80% of activities that you're doing, you want to eliminate them or delegate them or automate them, right? So I'm not going to eliminate responding to DMs. That would be so silly, right? And I could delegate it to a human being, which I have in the past, and there are benefits there. However, automating it just makes so much more sense. So I just wanted to say that out loud, like this is a wonderful way to automate a process that is important, but doesn't need every single interaction to be with the visionary of a company, right? Like, okay, anything else you want to say about that before I get to the next thing? No. (laughs) Sorry, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. (laughs) Just telling you. Okay, and then the other thing I wanted to say about that was that in terms of like, uh, so like I said, I was already making organic content mostly every day, like probably not every single day, but like mostly every day. And so this has been such an excellent way to amplify the results and really have leverage where I was doing the the thing already. And you really helped me to get organized about my social with my topics. So can you talk about what you told me to do? Because it's very do less. I've told a lot of people about it. And so now I want you to tell them. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, what we see before you kind of implement this is typically either people are kind of CTA crazy, meaning that they are promoting something different every day or multiple times a day even. And it's pretty easy to tell if you just go on your stories or you look through your last couple of posts, see if maybe you're doing this or you're like, I've got this free download and another free download. And you should go buy my thing. And I've also got this brand sponsorship going on and go listen to my podcast. And, you know, there's all these different things that come up or maybe you're just not quite sure what to promote. And you're like almost afraid to promote too much because you're afraid of being too salesy with your audience. Mm -hmm. So whichever side of the spectrum you land on, either way too many promotions or maybe not enough promoting of yourself, being able to focus on one kind of content theme which would mean one segment of your audience and one offer that ties to that and would be most likely for those people to take action on is the first part of the formula. And then you decide, okay, what could be those three to five top content pillars? And keeping it in that box is helpful for a lot of people like yourself who are a visionary. You're like, I'm passionate about 20 different things. Like I wanna talk about all this stuff. A lot of the times you can boil it down though to let's think about health, wealth, relationships, since those are the types of topics that are going to do best on social, whether you're like, I like talking about money or not, or I like talking about relationships or not, that's just what's going to do the best. So now find a way to tie that back to you. So for some people, it's going to be motherhood, for example, under relationships. And that's what really resonates with you, but also allows you to then create a bridge to, let's say your planner, for example, and say, hey, I love being there as a mom for my kids. I want to work less and be able to still be making more money. And my planner allows me to do that. So if you can bridge the gap between three to five content themes and then an offer, one offer per theme that that ties to, 
then what we do with you now is each week there's a specific offer and a specific theme. Your posts that week ideally go out to those themes, three to five of them usually, and then each week we rotate. Once we get to the end of that line, then we go back to you know week one theme and we repeat that. And we've been doing that for since your last launch. So yeah, so maybe since like May. Months. Yeah. yeah. It's, it helps me stay so much more relaxed. I actually know what's going on. I now have some support on social, which is great, but I never have before. And even mm. without the support, it helped me just know like, okay, this whole week I'm talking about your relationship with your body. This whole week I'm talking about your relationship with time. This whole week I'm talking about your relationship with money. And this whole week I'm talking about something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in the system. It's in the calendar. It's in the spreadsheet. Don't so, even I don't it. even <laughs> have to remember what they all are. Anyway, there's four. And then we just rotate back through. And it is like, oh, I can't even tell you. Instead mm -hmm. of waking up in the morning and being like, what topic out of an infinite number of things I could talk about in the entire universe would be the yeah. one to talk about today? So that's been evergreen. And so on the evergreen yes. side, you've helped us to work with two free like PDF guides one evergreen webinar, which by the way, except for, okay, so I don't know if you know this, but in 2012, 2012 to 2013, Mike and I set up our first evergreen funnel. And I know, so a hundred years ago in internet years. And it was, you know, it was the very early days of Facebook yeah. advertising. Had I known that like that was going to be a moment in time, we would have massively ramped up ad spend, but we, di we didn't know. Anyway, so we had this evergreen funnel that worked great. We worked, you know, we used a lot of what we learned from our friend Amy Porterfield and it worked great. And then over time, it just, you know, we were spending, we were spending a dollar making two or spending a dollar making three. Yeah. Like it was awesome. But then it, it stopped working and we haven't been able to get an evergreen going again in the last decade for a variety of reasons, many of which are personal. But our evergreen with only organic traffic, we haven't been running any paid traffic to it. Our evergreen for Heal the Way You Work is working. So can you talk about what the process is that people are going through with that funnel and the different ways that people are getting there just so yes. people can understand like what's working about it? Absolutely. To have an, a, like, an offer that's just converting while I sleep that is just I mean, it's just internet marketing heaven. True. <laughs> True that. Great. It is the and holy grail. you find grail. those things, like you said, tapping into that, which is why everybody who's listening, like at least testing something out and seeing yes. how it works is like, this is, you know, our moment in time. Also, not that this is going away, but the behavior is here to stay. And yes. now we're still kind of in the early days of that mass adoption. So yes. it is a time to kind of get that spike of growth. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you guys are pioneers in this you, you are. I mean, you're pioneering a, 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 yeah. a field of marketing that I, I don't know anyone else who's doing it like the way you guys are. So I just applaud you for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's been seven years of, you know, getting it all, you know, put together. So it's exciting to see where things are at now. And so to go back to your question of how do people actually get to the webinar, yes. right? So right now there are eight different ways technically that people can opt into what we call that chat funnel, that fully automated experience. We talked about one of them, which is commenting on a post. Then we've got replying to a story. So this is something you do well and you do it often when you have your content themes or we're in a launch and you let people know, hey, reply back to the story with Flow, for example, and you'll get XYZ offer, right? 
Then we've got in your bio, we swap out things in your bio during launches in Evergreen, and that is prime real estate because people tend to go to the bio either when they're coming in from a piece of content or an ad, or even they know that you are in the middle of a launch and they're like, I have a question about Relax Money, or I just wanna know a little bit more, and usually they would go and message you and send you a question. But instead, we can redirect that traffic to the word that we want them Smart. to send. And now they're able to go through more of that structured experience and save you time, right, of having to reply to that. So that would be the third. The fourth is commenting on an Instagram Live. So you've done this plenty of times it as well. It works really well. I don't do it enough, I will be honest. But when I do, I'm like, wow. Yeah. You're like, hot damn. <laughs> Yeah, and you've also gone live with friends, for yep. example, and been able to promote their offers yep. or have them promote your stuff too. So that's kind of a beautiful way to be able to leverage that as well. Even podcasts, like promoting podcast yeah. episodes is a great way too, and then pointing people to it afterwards. We talked about posts, but collaboration posts, just to add to that quickly, is another great way. Like when you have either brand partnerships with influencers in a company or maybe an affiliate for one of your launches and you decide to do a piece of content together, um, then that obviously gets seen by both audiences. Okay, so we are at four. Then we have got our ads. So anybody who clicks on an ad, instead of going to your landing page or your sales page or whatever, they can actually start that conversation with you as well. And right now we see 50% less um, of a lead cost when we point people to these ad types. Wow. Meta's promoting this ad type a ton right now because they're really focused on messaging as like the next pillar of their business. Now that they are, you know, they have AI underway, they have yeah. the metaverse underway last year. So now they're like, back to messaging. Ah. So they're really trying to get more businesses to do this and therefore are helping your results, but they've been doing well for a while. So it's it's just a great avenue to leverage. Yeah. And there are a couple other ways that people can trigger the journey. So we've talked about a couple of them now. So we have links that people can actually click a link and go right into a message with you. So that's great for things like podcast show notes, for example, oh. or even... <laughs> <laughs> little trick too, let's say you were speaking, which you mentioned you were, you could pull up a slide with a QR code and that QR code could take people to the link and then that drives people right into your DMs. Interesting. Yes. If anyone right. wants to try that, you can actually just test it out for yourself. You don't have to set up anything. You can just go into your browser and do ig.me forward slash M forward slash your Instagram handle. And so if you did that for Kate, for example, and at the handle at the end there, you we'll add- We'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. But perfect. But then they would go right into a message with you. Cool. So that's another way. All right. When people tag you in their story, this is also another way. So you can get real creative with this. Obviously, there are people who, especially now that you've got your podcast, people can, you know, when they tag you in a story and say, this episode was great, have a little response to them. It can be customized or everybody could be getting the same thing of, hey, thank you so much. By the way, I've got this free workshop coming up or check out my DM list, which I don't know if we're going to have a chance to really talk too much about that since we've got a lot to cover, but that is another thing that we can knock people into as well. Or you could even get creative and say, hey, for the next 24 hours, I'm doing a giveaway. If you tag me in your stories, then you'll get entered to win whatever. Oh, we should yeah. do that too. Yeah, we could oh my do God, so something many ideas. like that for the launch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for sure. <laughs> so that's a great one as well. When people come to message you for the first time, there are some bubbles that pop up. And usually what we use those for is to direct people to their like number one outcome or desire or challenge. So that could be, hey, I want to heal my relationship with time or money or whatever for you. It could also be things like SOS, I need help, mm. right? Or just like, what do you have going on? Like take a quiz or something like that. So those are the last couple of ways. The only other one that I'll mention, which if you are already using broadcast channels on Instagram, or if you're not familiar with them, they're kind of like a group chat. And so people can't reply back to you, but they can react to all the messages that you show in there. 
So that's another kind of prime real estate place because people are seeing it in their DMs already. And it's a very native process for them to see a call to action that says, hey, if you want to get access to this thing, just DM me this word. Or you could okay. even use the link and pop it in there. And then that sends people right into a conversation. So okay. they never have to leave the platform. So I have more questions about that. Because yes. so what's the difference between the, my DM list and a broadcast channel? Yes. So your broadcast channel is, like I said, this kind of group chat environment where people can't be messaging back to you, but you can send messages out to them. And Facebook slash Meta have created that as a way for creators to stay in touch or businesses to stay in touch with their audience. The DM list is as if people are messaging one-on-one -on -one with you. So they would see a message that comes in from you. And to just to further break this down, at the time that we're recording, the DM list allows you for six months at a time to send a message to people once a day, every day, if you wanted to. And then people have to resubscribe after each six month okay. period. So that's just the difference is that one's like a one-on-one -on -one conversation and one feels kind of like a group chat with other people there. Okay, got it. And for the broadcast channel, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I do have questions. <laughs> so for the broadcast channel, would that be like potentially just like around a specific topic mm. or like would you ever do a broadcast channel around a specific promotion or like what are some examples of why or yeah. how you would do that and are they short term are they long term both whatever you could do both because they're pretty new still some of the best practices are what's actually performing best is still to be seen yeah. but the ways that i've personally seen people use them the best is for example diary of a ceo another very popular podcast they are using it as a way to kind of exclusively share behind the scenes of the podcast. And That's they are fun. doing giveaways in there that they're yeah. not doing anywhere else, right? Like flying people okay. out, you know, to, to visit the podcast set and just all sorts of fun stuff okay. like that. So that's one way. I've seen other creators like Karen Chang, for example, is a creator that rose really quickly, shows you how to do just awesome like film kind of hacks. Okay. Um, and so she uses it as a way to share with creators motivation, tips around getting brand sponsorships or growing okay. their Instagram accounts. But it's content that they're not sharing elsewhere at that time. Yeah. Right, you could totally repurpose things like maybe from your paid products or other pieces uh -huh. and like shoot voice notes in there or anything. Okay. But more of like this kind of, you want to make it a little bit special. Okay. Right? I love that. Okay. That's so helpful. So a couple of ideas. Yeah. Thank you. Very helpful. Okay. So for our results, I just, we've talked about like the 90, 92% yeah. conversion rate, which is amazing. But I just want to say that, is it okay if I share some of the revenue? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Whatever you're comfortable yeah. with is totally I, I think it's thing. important to talk about money. So yeah. <laughs> We've been working, we've been working together with you for seven months. In month one, the revenue, so this is like, yes, obviously collecting email addresses is fantastic. Like yeah. I, I want to grow the email list all day long. Fantastic. You know, just like for you listening, if you are only growing your platform on social media, you are building an audience that you are essentially renting. But if you are growing your email list, you own those contacts. You don't own those people. Those people are free humans. But like, you do own the email Very list. Kate aside. You, well, I just think it's important to say that. So, but that you could take that email list and no matter what email provider, you can go wherever versus like your Instagram following. You cannot just take those people. Like if Meta decides Instagram has changed the algorithm – they can do that and you could have your engagement like go through, you know, go down the toilet. Okay. So you have to be growing your email list. I just want to say that. And I'll take money. So, and for us, email, growing our email list leads to revenue. Yes. It tends to. And so month one, 
with Natasha and School of Bots, we brought in $112,000. Well, $112,068. You know, Month two, it was $260K. Month three was $305K. And over all time has been four hundred and thirty-four. And so that's really exciting for us because, again, we didn't create any new offers for that. Like, there was nothing special extra we were doing. This was doubling down and having an extended opportunity to reach more people through something we were already doing. And so we did this through Evergreen and through launches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between – we talked about my Evergreen stuff a little bit. Can you talk about like, are there any differences that you do with people when they're in a launch compared to when we're just like in that nice rhythm of our weekly content pillars? Yes. So there's a difference of kind of taking a pause from the like weekly content pillars. And we now are just going hard with that one offer for usually two to four weeks, depending on the length of your launch. And as we create more complex launch frameworks, that might even be longer where you are promoting maybe a freebie that's connected to your free workshop and then start to promote your free workshop. So we look at this as a multi-stage campaign. So to break down what we did, for example, for Relax Money last launch is you had your free three-day workshop. And so what we decided to do was say, let's get people registered through social and they would essentially bypass your landing page, but they'll still get all those things around add to your calendar. And you know, don't forget to show up because you're gonna get XYZ, get the playlist, all the things. So the part of that was we use all those different triggers that I talked about to get people in. And then inside of the DMs, they get to share their name, their email, and then they're now registered in like 60 seconds or less. And now we also give them with beautiful, rich media and photos of you, right? Being able to give them their add to calendar link and all the different things they kind of needed that you would typically get on a thank you page. So that was the first kind of stage of the launch. So you might have between five to 10 plus posts about that that could be back to back and that's okay during that time because we're promoting that one thing and so that's like the main thing we're talking about now i will say caveat to that is if you don't typically do that on your instagram during launches for those of you who are like that's a little bit of a newer strategy to me i maybe don't usually promote as much as that then i would also try to have other posts in between your promotional launch posts that speak to other parts of your audience maybe speak to those other content pillars so you don't lose those people in the process and the algorithm keeps you, you know, within as much of your audience as possible, instead of there's going to be a specific segment of your audience that is interested in your launch and other segments that are not. So again, the 80-20 of 20% is going to buy, 20% is going to actually engage with this stuff. So if you can still speak to your other 80%, then your account won't necessarily suffer from engagement. Your account doesn't really suffer from engagement during this because we are so consistently promoting things and engaging the different parts of your audience. Again, for someone who's newer, though, to that launch cadence of like getting out 10 social posts, you know, during a launch, just keeping that in mind. Okay, so that was the first piece. Then in the second part of it, before we even get into reminding people about the event, on your thank you page of your, you know, landing page funnel, we have a button that people can click to then sign up for reminders. So even if they didn't sign up initially through the DMs for the event itself, once they're signed up, they can then say, well, I actually want to get reminders in Instagram DM. So they can click on a button, they go there, and now they can sign up for those reminders there, which also will then later get them sales messages. So now we've got those two audiences. Those people kind of merge into one audience. And now as we get closer to the event, just like you're sharing email reminders, they're also getting reminders in their DMs. These messages are getting 100% open rates and usually 30 to 70% click rates. So these might be like simple engagements like, hey, I'm so excited, like ask them a question. 
It's usually how we approach it. We're not like selling anything directly there. It's very conversational. And then when we get closer to the event, they know it's happening. We have them show up. This boosts show up rates usually by 10% plus oftentimes, especially for a live event. That's super important. Yeah. But for Evergreen even, it can be super helpful too. Totally. And then finally, after the event happens, we have our cart open. So people are getting sales messages as well. These messages are different than your emails because we don't want to blast people with the yeah, exact same totally. copy, right? So it's still conversational. We usually don't say, hey, cart's open, come by. Instead, it's, hey, like, what did you think about the workshop? Or how are things going with your relationship with money or time or whatever we were talking about to ultimately serve them first and kind of get their permission before we yes. throw the offer in their face, right? And then finally, at the end of that, you, for example, use downsells in your cart open times. So after the cart closes for your initial offer, you then say, well, hey, look, if that wasn't aligned, I have this lower ticket offer that maybe is less time commitment as well and maybe is a better fit for you. And then people can also get a message about that. But also you can post about it too on your stories and your posts and your lives and people can opt in for that as well. So there are simultaneously running these different chat funnels because yeah, each of those different stages is its own funnel. So it's a little bit complicated on the back end, a web of Which sorts. is why we have you do it. <laughs> yeah. Like I know that some people do do this in-house and you also train people to do yes. that because not everyone is at the stage where they're going to, you know, invest in agency services like we have. Totally. But I know that you actually teach people how to do this, which is which is so cool. We're going to tell you about that in a minute. Okay. So, is there anything else you want to share logistically about ManyChat, about chatbots, about school of bots before I make a hard left and start asking you yeah. some sort of like more <laughs> global questions because I have a lot of questions. I think you and your husband are fascinating. I'm excited to talk about it all. No, I think we did, just to recap, you know, we talked about the fact that these are fully automated back and forth sales and marketing conversations. The best way to think about it or the easiest way, if you're new to this, is you're taking the process that you already do with the offers you already have, with your landing pages and your emails, and putting those into a back and forth conversation, meeting people where they're at and when they're there, because that could be somebody opting in at 1 a.m., right? And you're there giving that to them. Um, we talked about the ways people can opt in, and then we talked about a couple of examples, some weekly content themes that you guys can immediately apply to your business, as well as even the copy question you asked me at the beginning, too. That stuff can be super applicable and tactical immediately. So I think we did a good job of kind of okay. rounding it all out. Okay, I love it. And we'll remind you of this afterwards, but if you want to just see kind of how this is working, just go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram at Kate Northrup with the word flow. And then you can kind of see from a meta perspective, like how this all works behind the scenes. Okay, great. Um, okay. And then I'm going to have more for you at the end. So, okay. You started this company seven years ago. Yes. How long have you and Kyle been together? Eight years. Okay. So, so Natasha works with her husband as well. How long have you, you've been together? Eight years married for? Yes. Married for, this will be our third year. Okay. I think. Third year. Yeah. All right. So eight years and then you've been in business together seven years. Correct. Okay. Always with the chatbots or was there a yes. different business when you got started? Yeah, so we technically have had two businesses along the way and we actually started a third but then decided to kind of sunset that another okay. story for another yeah. day. That was last year. But we started our marketing agency initially, which is how we work with you. And then over time, like you mentioned, most companies don't really need, like they don't have as intensive of a product or a launch schedule for us to really need to serve them as an agency. And unfortunately, there's only a small pool of people that we can really serve as an agency too. It's very intensive work. But when you create but it's intensive because we're having to coordinate with you and with other teams involved. 
So if you do bring this in-house, then the benefit is that we can train your team how to do this. The system can run on autopilot, especially if you're not really launching anything new and it's just the same stuff over yep. and over. Um, and then it becomes self-sustainable. So we then created a training company and that's where we have consulted brands, very corporate like Nike, Under Armour. You know, Meta has hired us to do trainings for their highest spending advertisers all the way down to, let's say, a content creator that makes 100K a year, you know, on Instagram, but wants to automate more and be there more for their kids and work part time. Yes. So that's kind of the range of clients that we have trained on our school of bots, kind of like training side of things, where we come in and support you to do that over usually a four week period. And then we have our agency. So those were the two businesses that kind of symbiotically ended up flowing well together. And that's what we've run over the last seven years. Okay, so running a company with your husband is not for the faint of heart in my experience. And I'm just curious, are there some in particular challenges that you've had and or, you know, ways that you have overcome those challenges and things you've implemented to really make it work from a communication perspective, from a boundaries perspective, from a, you know, quote unquote, work life balance perspective, whatever that means. Like, yeah, I just kind of, kind of want to know a little bit more about the behind the scenes of working together. Totally. Well, one of the interesting things for us is I'm now 25 and we started this business when I was 19 and Kyle had quit his job. I left college after a semester to do this. And so the dynamic of growing up together and becoming business partners yeah. together and having, you know, been recent into our dating relationships, we're about a year in and we decided to leave the country and travel. So we lived in seven countries in the first year of starting wow. the business and we were alone without community. Right. And trying to figure out our lives every day. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to exercise? Like the digital nomad life. Right. Yeah, it's exhausting. Uh, so those are all the factors <laughs> that were involved when we started the business. So I look at now as all of those having been tests that we have passed and been able to, to go through together. And I also think that funny enough, the factors of, and you can create your own environment for this. You don't have to leave the country and everyone you know and love, you know, to do this. But knowing that you are committed all the way through is what has gotten us to this point. Knowing that there is no like, hey, let's just end this and part ways. We decided we were committed from the beginning, and that's what I think made the biggest difference. Because I know that usually interpersonal relationships are what kill most companies and founder relationships when you have more than one person involved. But that's oftentimes because those people don't really have anything else tied to each other. They just went into business together. But if you have family or your spouse, you know, these things tend to make you stay together for one reason or another. And maybe sometimes there are moments where you're like, hey, that wasn't so good for me, but I decided to sacrifice because I love you and I want to make this work. So it was interesting to have that dynamic there. And I think that helped us stick through the challenges that I probably would have left, you know, at so many different points in the journey had it been with just a friend or somebody that I had just gone into business with. Yeah. So I think that's important technology. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that. that's really important. Okay, so I knew you were young. I did not realize you were as young as 25. Um, obviously, you have amazing skin. And like, I literally, you could be anywhere from 18 to 35. Like, I have no idea. Okay, so uh, you are a very wise, professional, together 25-year-old. I was not operating at your level at 25. And like, thank God I'm not married to the person I was with at 25 or running a company with that person. Anyway, so I'm curious, like, what do you think were the factors maybe in your earlier life or maybe just in who you are as a person, I don't know, that contribute to you being really wise beyond your years and like so 
ambitious, but not only ambitious, like actually also together with the ambition. It's rare to be so, I don't really know what the word is, but like our experience working with you and your team, it up-leveled us. And I've been at this for a decade. So yeah, what is it about you and your early experiences maybe that contributed to that level of professionalism? I love that also. That's a huge compliment for you guys, you know, just being able to, to grow with this spike. So I think the biggest thing, and I've been thinking a lot about this actually funny enough lately, so it's fun. This is my first podcast. I'm like really sitting down and, and getting to talk to somebody else publicly about this. But when I was seven, my dad passed away. So I would say that's probably the biggest factor, right? Because that created the oftentimes seen in successful entrepreneurs that like hunger of like, okay, survival, right? And I think I was in that survival mode for a very long time, which is actually why your work has been really impactful for me also, because even though I'm not a mom yet and I don't have some of these other things that, you know, you're looking to balance, I still have the relationship that I have to take care of and myself, which both of I have not done a good job of because business, work, money has taken the priority for such a long time for me because essentially since I was seven I was like okay I've got to figure something out and entrepreneurship seemed to be the way so that was always the ambition but I didn't know what it was going to be and obviously there was a lot of like uncertainty and failure and I would say I am so not a visionary and so for me I feel very lucky that I was able to somehow randomly come across Kyle who is my husband and my business partner and have us be such complementary opposites for those of you who are familiar with that like visionary integrator, you know, relationship, he is very textbook visionary, very similar to yourself. Right? You're like, I have the big ideas. I know where we need to go. Like, but I'm going to send you the intuition. wrong address for the studio. <laughs> 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 Whoops. Yeah, like yeah. that is, not, and that's exactly how he is, right? It's the, the details. And I'm really good at that stuff. So I feel very blessed that even though I didn't know that's who I needed to find to go into business with, it ended up happening. And that's what, you know, kind of allowed me to then use my strengths. But things that I've kind of recognized over time, like I always did really well in school because I was good at memorizing things. I am interested in things like math and language and, you know, and I also hung out with a lot of different types of people over the years. So different ethnicities and like really became very adaptable to my environment. I think probably as that like survival mechanism, right, of like, yeah. okay, just like any environment I'm in, let me like try to make the most of this. So that all then led to the practice of being in this new space. First of all, at the beginning, we were like, we have no idea if this is going to work, but let's do it. We were too dumb to like, <laughs> you know, know otherwise. So good. And then very quickly, I feel grateful also, we were able to work with some pretty big companies from the beginning. So companies like ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson, Mind Valley, Ambition Lakiani, these companies that had been at business for 10 plus years at the time that we started working with them and really had their stuff dialed in because they are both marketing leaders, even though one is not necessarily a marketing company. And that taught me a lot as well about the behind the scenes. So funny enough, as an agency owner going through the process of working with clients, I think I was able to quickly understand like what works and how to run things because I had these examples, even though I maybe wasn't working directly with the you know company teams, like I wasn't an employee, I was getting to see the behind the scenes of how they yes, structured everything. I love that. That has had a lot of influence on me, even to date, you know, now with some of our clients like Amy Porterfield, who you mentioned, getting to see the behind the scenes of their business allows us to hundred percent as well. Amy is so dialed in. I love it so much. Okay. So when you are thinking through like in your daily life, you may not be able to answer this question because it's just how your brain works, but yeah. I'm so fascinated by think people who think in systems. Like even the mm -hmm. way you sent me prep for this episode, I was just like, what is happening? 
Like there was a one sheet. There were talking points. There was a loom video describing. Like I was just like, I've never had a more prepared guest ever. So, so when you're going through your daily life as you're doing tasks, is there a particular kind of matrix you take yourself through or like bullet point questions to ask yourself so that you can create a system and create these ease of structures and protocols? Because honestly, as your client, I'm kind of in awe that it's so, it's, it's really quite seamless. There are a couple of things that come to mind that I think are helpful tactical tips. The first thing that you mentioned about like me attempt, really what I was trying to do is make things as easy as possible for you. I think that that's the biggest benefit that you can give anybody that you work with. So, and actually I love one of our mutual friends, Selena Sue, she gave this analogy a couple months ago when I was in New York and we also got to see each other at Laura Belgrade's book party. She talked about this analogy, which I actually loved. And I think about all the time now how she was using it in the context of influencers and saying that they're a train going, you know, a million miles an hour and you've got to either hop on the train or if you're trying to get them to go in a different direction, like the relationship's not going to go very far because you need to make things as easy as possible for them. And so for whatever reason, that was kind of a mindset shift for me where like, if I'm going to come on a podcast and make it as easy as possible for you, and that's going to benefit both of us, right? Because we get to promote your stuff. We get to promote my stuff. Like we get to talk about things that are useful for the audience. And in the same way, I'll do that with testimonials and other things where if someone says something positive to me, I'm immediately like, awesome. By the way, do you mind if I turn yes. that into a testimonial quote? Like super easy things like that, that are very tactical and, and make things easy for people to say yes, yep. right? And benefit everyone. So that would be the first kind of big mindset shift that has helped me, I think, get to to this point and then make my day a little bit easier too in terms of some of those processes. The way that I structure my day has gone through a lot of iterations. And unfortunately, I'm somebody who, because I'm so organized, like that can also be a big negative because I don't try to keep things simple. So for years I would be in, and I saw a great quote from Todd Herman the other day about how he's like, so many companies that try to use these complicated project management softwares, complicated like, you know, Asana, Trello, yeah. whatever, he's like, they're doing 100K a year in revenue and I know multi-million dollar, you know, nine figure companies that manage their entire company in Google Sheets. And for whatever reason, that was like, oh my gosh, I wish I had seen that seven years ago, <laughs> right? Because now I understand, but I think the complexity of like trying to structure your day or your tasks in a way that is just like, you're spending too much time organizing and not enough time doing. Yes. A lot of people get stuck in that. Same kind of analogy goes for events. A lot of startup founders will go to event after event after event instead of like work on your business, right? So that was, you know, understanding that shift the last couple of years has been helpful because now I just try to create the most minimum viable thing. I literally will time it if I'm creating a new process or system. And I'm like, you get five minutes for this. Whatever you can do in five minutes, great. Otherwise, now you'll actually get data in the doors. You start to do this thing. You start to use the system. And now you can make adjustments as you go instead of trying to prepare too much for all the possible scenarios that could come up. Sometimes okay. that's helpful when you're dealing with volume. I think that like the extreme preparation mindset um, gets taken out of context. Like if you're dealing with a $100 million company, you want to be extremely prepared for all the levers. Perfect. If you are just getting started or even run, you know, a couple million dollar a year company, you could probably start with a very minimum viable process for a lot of stuff. So I think that that's the biggest thing is like context. And then finally, in terms of how I run my day now, what I have found to work best for me is I now have, we've created a custom project management software for ourselves that's based on the tasks that we do as an agency. 
So when we have a new campaign, you know this and your team knows this, they submit a form that gives us all the information that we could possibly need. What CRM tags are getting used? What's the email copy? What are the landing page links? Is there an upsell? You know, what happens after the campaign? All these different kind of things. We then gather that data and that actually auto creates like 50 different tasks for our team on the back end. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and so no one has to think about what needs to get done. They just have to reference how to do it and there are SOPs that lead to it. So the way that we have our thing structured is we have Airtable, which runs all of our project management and Notion, which yeah. runs all of our SOPs. So Airtable is like what to do and when to do it and then how to do it lives in our SOPs that are linked in those tasks. So that's how like the back end when we have repeatable things. But me as our COO, I'm doing new things every yes, day that right. don't have exactly. the process. Yes. So you the are the birth <laughs> the birther of yes. the process. Yeah. And so the way that I then structure my day is I have like a category, I think there's 10 now of them, maybe more, where my tasks have like how long that thing's gonna take mm -hmm. me. So is it an extra, extra small task, which is like one to nineteen minutes, and then all the way to like three days. And then I have the category of task. So I have my most important item, which I can only have one thing. Then I have creative ideation or copywriting because that stuff takes me the most brain power yep. and I can get it done quickest when I have the most brain power in the morning. Yep. Then I have strategy or planning. And then I have kind of project management. Yep. And what I'll actually do first is send all my outbound messages. So if I need to reach out to people like you, affiliates, partners, clients, team members, but it's my thing that I need to send to them, I will do all that first. And then I answer all my inbound Smart. requests on Slack, yep. email, all the gazillion messaging apps that I have. Yep. <laughs> um, and then I do admin tasks all the way at the end of the day. And finally I have, and this was from the book called The CEO Within, Matt McCary, I think is who referenced this for me, but it's within this other system called like getting things done. That's been oh, around yeah. for a while. Yeah, David yeah. Allen. I think one of his things, I might be totally missaying this, but what I do now is I have a category that says waiting for. Yes, so that's a David that Allen. I'm waiting for, perfect. I just read it once. I was like, this is great. It is. <laughs> Took the little thing. So that's what I have as well for anything that I'm waiting for that I will do later in the day. So it's not on my task list and I'm like, when do I do this? Mm -hmm. But it's all the way at the end. Smart. So long story wow. short, that's how my that day is, is structured. amazing. <laughs> okay, that is amazing. Okay, so I want to ask you a final question. We didn't get into as much of kind of like your own money story. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll do that another time. But I am curious if you were to go back and be able to give your, you know, 17-year-old, 18-year-old self a little money advice, what would you tell yourself then that you know now? Yes, I would say it is less scary and daunting the more you look at it. And getting that repeated exposure is key, especially for money, but with really anything in life. So that would be the short message if I could only send that. But obviously, you know what that means is that like the more repeated exposure you have to anything, even doing podcasts, if you're yeah. like super fearful of speaking in front of people or all the way to looking at your bank accounts each day, starting with that baby step, because some people don't even look. A lot of people don't look, as you know, way more than me. And they're like, I hope I have enough money to buy this coffee or this thing online or whatever. But being able to repeat that exposure of looking at your accounts, keeping in mind, you know, not getting obsessive, but just looking at it, getting familiar, making it less scary, and then doing the same thing with things like budgets and all the wonderful things that you talk about. So good. So smart. I love it. Well, you are just incredible. I think you're amazing. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for helping us so much in the back end with our chatbot funnels. I love it so much. And I know that you have an opportunity for folks to just dive in deeper if they want to know more about how 
chatbots could work for them in their business. So can you tell them about that? Absolutely. So what I've done with Kate is when you message her chat, so C-H-A-T, on Instagram, you will get not only a PDF showing the behind the scenes of all of Kate's chat funnels that we have run, so you can see a little bit more about like how it all works, some of those stats that we talked about that are in there, and then you'll also get a handpicked resource from me to help you get started. So whether you are kind of just getting started maybe with social or your business or wherever you're at, and you're like, this could be interesting, I wanna learn more, but I need to wrap my head around this more, there's a free handpicked resource for you there. It's essentially a free course that people can go through, sign up for ManyChat, get that first automation started, or if you're like, I'm ready to dive in right now, like I need this for my business immediately, and you're in a place where you're already posting Instagram content, you can leverage this. I'll also have a resource for you there too. So depending on what you're looking for, we'll just ask a couple of questions in there and people can let us know what they need and they will get that. But I'm also here as a resource, so you're welcome to reach out to me anytime. Um, but I would highly recommend starting with that first so that you can dive in, understand it all, and then decide what to do for your business. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. And and that's the best place to connect with you. Yeah. Yeah. I would okay, say great. that that's the best place for people to connect just so that way they can like get something immediately and not have to wait for you or me to respond to them. <laughs> and then let my the line, system work. <laughs> yep, let the system work. Let it all, you know, you can also see what that looks like in action. But like you, you know, mentioned, people can reach out to me anytime at Natasha T. Willis on Instagram. Send me any questions you have. And I'm always happy to share anything I can to help you. Fantastic. And you even have a special spot in your calendar every day to respond to those messages. True. Which is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Thank you again, Natasha. This was so fun. I learned a lot. Of course. This was such a blast. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Plenty. Isn't Natasha incredible? My mind is kind of blown by how smart she is. Um, and she's smart in a very different way than I am smart. And so it just, I have great appreciation for that level of system and organization and depth. So if you want to take action on this for your own business, for your own life, for sure, go ahead and DM me the word chat. You can also kind of see how this is working in a meta way through one of my funnels that's running right now by going and commenting flow. But here's the takeaway. Systemize things. Get organized. Get clear on what moves the needle and find ways to further leverage the activities you are already doing so you can get more bang for your buck. That's what I learned from Natasha. So, of course, always subscribe if you liked this episode. Share it with a friend. Please leave a rating, leave a review. Thank you for being here. And I will see you next time for the next episode of Plenty. Woohoo! You made it to the end of an episode of Plenty. Don't you feel expanded already? So if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review. Subscribe to the podcast, text a friend and let them know they need to listen in. That helps us spread the word so more people can experience Plenty together. And if you want to ease your path to creating wealth, I created a money breakthrough guide for you where I interviewed over 20 of my high earning women friends. And I asked them what their biggest money breakthrough guide was. And the responses were so mind blowing and helpful. I knew I needed to pass them along to you. This is the kind of thing that is often only shared behind closed doors, but now you can access it totally for free. So head over to katenorthrop.com forward slash breakthroughs and get the guide. Again, that's katenorthrop.com forward slash breakthroughs.
breakthroughs. And I'll see you next time for plenty. 